Medical ethics meets the NFL, ethical dilemmas facing an NFL team doctor. You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician Roundtable. I'm Dr. Bonnie Solomon, your host, and with me today is Dr. Michael Ankin. Dr. Ankin was an NFL doctor for the Chicago Bears football team for 11 years. He is a practicing pulmonologist and vice president for medical affairs at Lake Forest Hospital in Lake Forest, Illinois. Today, we're discussing the ethical challenges facing an NFL team doctor. Welcome, Dr. Ankin. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Is a clinician as well as a team doctor, have you ever felt a conflict of interest where your obligations to the team came into opposition to your obligations to the patient? Not really. For the most part, I think that professional sports is different now than it was 20 30 years ago. And I think that for the most part, the attitude of the player is sort of different. They're a lot more protective of their personal self. And they don't really want to play with an injury if playing on the injury is going to keep them injured for a longer period of time. So uh, I think the days where guys are going to play on a broken leg, they may have a broken bone or they may break a thumb and they may not, you may not know about that till after the game because the player doesn't tell you that. It's not really a matter of them saying, listen, uh, put me back in and give me a cortisone, give me a, you know, shoot me up with uh, anesthetics uh, so I can go and, and, and play some more. Nor have I ever really had a, a, a situation where the team has come to the doctor and said, listen, uh, do something to allow him to play. I think that those things, I, I, I had never... Those days are over. Yeah, I had never seen that. Mm-hmm. I, I had never seen uh, a joint being injected with lidocaine to enable a, a, a player to play. No, I've never been in a situation where I've been told, hey, I need this player back on the field, put him back on the field, uh, when I really thought that he had some uh, head trauma or or something. Well, what do you do with confidentiality? Because the issues are, are somewhat different. Your physician for the team as well as for the patient, what if a player doesn't want you to disclose his medical information? Uh, then it doesn't get disclosed. I think that there are certain things that are not supposed to be disclosed. I think that uh, the NFL and the NFL's player union, when it comes to the drug program, for an example, okay, players in the NFL have been uh, screened for substance of abuse and for steroids for uh, I think six, seven years already. I mean, this has been a, the first of the, uh, of the major sports organizations that actually did this. The steroid policy is relatively strict. Now, are you obligated to inform the team and the league if a player admits to using steroids? They're actually two separate programs. There's little overlap between the steroid program and the substance of abuse program. The steroid program, in other words, uh, both the players union and the NFL are both interested in keeping steroids out of National Football League. And that's because it's an unfair competition. The steroids actually work so well, and these 
players who are on steroids have a competitive advantage over players that don't take the steroids. And so if, in fact, you do allow the steroids to be in the area, then it's going to force people to sort of either not compete on the same level or take the steroids. So when it comes to the steroid part of the program, uh, both the uh, players' union and the NFL management are both on the same page. And that is random testing all year round. When a player shows up at uh, uh, at training camp, there will be a list of 10 guys that are randomly chosen from the computer, and somebody uh, from the NFL, or, or now an outside agency, actually comes in and administers the test. The team actually has nothing to do with the gaining of that uh, specimen uh, or the reporting of those. Do you think there is a line, though, where uh, are there boundaries to what a team should know about a player's medical condition? I think that there are boundaries. I think that, you know, one of the things that the NFL encourages as players is that when it comes to uh, substance abuse issues, uh, if they're doing cocaine, if they're doing, uh, uh, you know, the, the number one is, is marijuana by far. Marijuana is, accounts for a, a major percentage of the people in the drug program. And that uh, even though a lot of the experts who the NFL employs says, listen, these guys are really not drug abusers. They're just, you know, socially using this drug. It's an, it's an image situation for the NFL. And, and I mean, listen, uh, marijuana is not a banned thing in baseball or, or I, I think in, in basketball either. Right. But it is in the NFL, and that has to do with this image that the NFL is trying to make. But, yeah, the, the people are encouraged. If, in fact, you do have a problem, whether it's with alcohol or, some, or something, you are encouraged to voluntarily go into the program. And the program is a, it's a very sophisticated, expensive program. These people are seen by psychiatrists, psychologists. They'll send them to Menninger's. They'll send them anywhere that they have to uh, and spend millions and millions of dollars a year on these substance programs. And implicit in that is that if the fact they play your volunteers, then the team is not supposed to know. Right. You know, if someone has a DUI, you know, and, and if you get drunk and run down to 12 mailboxes, then everyone's going to know about that. That'll be in the paper. And the NFL will find out. Right. I mean, there's someone in California is online 24 hours a day looking for little snippets of things. And if you're in a bar fight or you get arrested for drunk driving, they will... They'll get you. They will know. If you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Dr. Michael Ankin. I'm Dr. Bonnie Solomon, and we're discussing the ethical dilemmas that might face an NFL team doctor. How do you um, manage avoiding becoming a fan rather than a doctor? Is that an occupational hazard for you? Well, uh, yeah, it's a, I mean, listen, uh, it, I, I don't think there are many people involved in this who aren't fans. Being an NFL doctor is not a lucrative job. You're not compensated for really the time and or the liability that you put yourself into. And certainly the orthopedic surgeons have a lot more liability than an internist would. And part of the problem is it's, it's different than seeing a normal patient. And the difference is, is that the football players have a value. Uh, you know, uh, if in fact you're a running back and you got a five-year contract worth three, four million dollars, and you go in and and have a knee operation, and following the knee operation, you can't 
cut the way you did beforehand and you are cut from your job, then the lawyers are, it, you know, uh, you know what that's worth. Well, have um, you it, ever felt that your decisions might be compromised by the fan aspect, that you're rooting for your team, you want your player to be healthy? I think that, no. I think that, you know, you know from an internist point of view, I don't think that that situation comes up. And even from an orthopedic, it doesn't come up. Because, in other words, you know that if that guy has an injury, whether it's orthopedic or, or other injury, is that player really going to be effective if you put him back in the game when he's injured? And that really are, are you gaining? And, and the downside is that if he re-injures himself or, or aggravates that injury, then he's going to be lost for a longer period of time. I do think that, you know, listen, everyone that has anything to do with professional sports sort of realizes that the difference between a good year and a not good year often is how many injuries that you have. I mean, if you look back uh, in, in 2001, the Bears uh, won their division. They had one player, one starter out for the whole season. That's uh, very unusual. You know, and that's very right. unusual. Okay, and the next year, the same team comes back and they lost 12 starters, and you ended up at the bottom of the heap. Are doctors ever asked to report false injuries? I know there's been some talk that players get put on injured reserve for the convenience of the roster. Have you ever been asked, or are doctors? sometimes asked to make out false injury statements? No, I've never, no. And, and if anything, um, you're sort of told not to say anything. Right. You know, and oftentimes after a game, uh, when someone gets injured, it's an ankle injury or a, a strained knee. Okay, well, you sort of have an idea it's more than a strained knee, but, you know, they're not getting that MRI for another day or two until after the injury is, and so they're just not saying anything. If you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Dr. Michael Ankin. I'm Dr. Bonnie Solomon, and we're discussing the ethical dilemmas that might face an NFL team doctor. What do you do with the conflict sometimes may arise between the autonomy of the player, he, he wants to do what he wants to do, versus what you believe is in his best interests? And perhaps have you ever had to be kind of paternalistic and say, no, this is what needs to be done? Yeah. One of the problems, I think, that's the more common issue that comes up. I mean, if someone comes down with some illness, uh, that, you know, what, you know, listen, there's patients that play that are, there are professional NFL players with Crohn's disease, there are professional players with, with diabetes, there are professional players with a lot of common chronic illnesses that they work through and, and do a very good job of handling. I think that the one thing that uh, is always a problem is repeated head injuries. That safety that uh, will get knocked out and, or the quarterback who, who gets knocked out. And, and what we did learn is that, yeah, in other words, the more of these mild traumatic brain injuries you have, the less impact it'll take to have it recur in the future. And that at some point in time, you get to the point where you have to counsel this player and say, listen, it may be time that this may not be the right thing for you to be doing. Do you feel there's sometimes the players are almost coerced into making medical decisions because of the intense pressure to perform and the big money that's involved? Could informed consent actually be a, a problem with this kind of a patient? I don't really think so. I think that, you know, from a, an informed consent point of view, that is pretty standard as it is for most other patients. I think that, you know, the issue of the player's monetary value 
is a problem, but that's not necessarily from the player as it is so much from their agent. Well, there's so much pressure right now with the 24-hour sports channels, etc. Has the media ever come up to you and wanted to know some inside information? The media may try to do that, but for the most part, they won't do that. And that, uh, at least on the Bears, most of the information was doled out through the trainer. So that was not a dilemma for you. Before we close, I have to say you were part of the medical staff at uh, this year's Super Bowl. Yes, I was. Yes, you were. Is there anything different about the medical preparation for the Super Bowl? No. Okay. Other than the fact that it was more hype to it, it's just another game. Just another game. That's what all the players say, too. I'd like to thank Dr. Michael Ankin, who has been our guest today. We've been discussing the ethical issues facing an NFL team doctor. I'm Dr. Bonnie Solomon. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM233, the channel for medical professionals. For questions and comments, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com or visit us at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.